welcome to the Lewd Podcast, where we explore the sexier side of fantasy role-playing games. I'll be taking you and all my favorite desserts through the Nymphoverse. So strap in, or strap on, and peg your way through wieners and wyverns. Welcome back for episode two. Last week, our adventurers took a quest from a dominatrix named Aspen, who led us to an adorable kobold named Meepo, who was charmed, magically, of course, by our adventurers, into taking them to his family kobold lair to find the source of mother's milk. I wonder what kind of silliness they'll get up to. Like, you're kind of walking through the forest, and it's you know, foresty, you're walking on a trail, and you start to notice that the trees start to thin out, and you're starting to notice some burned, um, some burned trunks until you are walking on the path and, like, the ground is completely scorched, and, like, all the trees are burned, are burned down. Ah, the remnants of a gender reveal party. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. That is both so Uh. sad. And so funny and so aggravating. <laughs> was it a boy or a girl? It was a fire. It was a fire. <laughs> okay, yeah. And uh, Meepo was just leading you guys in his little handcuffs, and you guys were walking through a burned forest. So, what's the story here, Meepo? Meepo tells you that this is a cursed forest because many years ago there was a big uh, knoll war. Oh. What did the curse do? <laughs> well, um, nothing grows here anymore. It just stays. If anything grows, it burns down. If you plant anything, the demon god Yenegu will uh, burn it to the ground. Oh wow! Um, so no one just no one plants anything here. Uh, Mina, you as a warlock can tell that this is like a super inherently magic place. Like you can feel magic coming from the ground. You, okay. Like. You know, it's just kind of, like, all over. It's, like, kind of reeks of, like... Okay. Is it anything concerning or just, like, eh, it's just magic? Meepo doesn't seem worried about it. He's just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's just a... Just a cursed place. It's just a cursed place. (laughs) No one lives here. People don't really travel this direction, which is why my people have created their lair um, just past this forest. If he's not concerned, then Mina's not concerned. Cool. So you guys uh, keep traveling without problems, unless you have any more questions for Meepo. What's your life story, Meepo? Oh, gosh. <laughs> How'd you end up in that shithole back ways, Meepo? have <laughs> uh, changed many lives today, Val. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him on the Val. What are you, setting, setting Meepo on the sh- straight and narrow now? I um, mean, you know, does it impossible. make him happy? <laughs> It's impossible. Kobolds aren't on the straight and narrow. Yeah, so you guys uh, kind of trudge along, and then um, once you kind of reach the edge of this, like, burnt land, Meepo kind of, like, turns around and looks at you guys and goes, Where am I? What's going on? Who are you? Quick, Zizi, shake your boobies. (laughs) (laughs) So I do. (laughs) Um, And he just kind of, like, looks around, and he's like, Why am I handcuffed? What's going on? You guys kind of hear, like, a rattling noise, like, tinkle, tinkle, and, like, Meepo, like, tries to, like, pull his hands apart from behind him, but he can't, and then you hear some kind of, like, tinkling noise again, and he tries to pull his hands from the handcuffs again, and he's like, what kind of handcuffs are these? I can get out of any handcuffs. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) They're special handcuffs, and you're not going to be getting out of them anytime soon. Okay, Meepo. I just needed to chill for like a second, okay? He's like, ah, ah, ah. hey, hey, it's cool. We're He's cool. Like sweating, like ah. you're cool. Like we just need to find something, and we need you to help us find it. And we're not gonna hurt you. We're not gonna do anything. We just need your help, like really quick, just for the day, probably. So he starts to kind of remember, and he's like, "You tricked me." And he looks straight into your chest, Zizi. I lean over. (laughs) Yeah, but didn't you really, really like it? (laughs) But wasn't it, like, really nice? Kind of trying. I mean, I've got a great chest. (laughs) (laughs) I put my, like, finger under his chin, and I lift his gaze just a little bit, and I was like... It's cold and slimy. This is the moistest lizard. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's a very he's like sweating profusely. He, mo- he moisturizes a lot. <laughs> he's more like a leopard gecko than like a gila monster. Now, now, let's be a good little boy, and just help us with what we need. Ooh. You seemed very willing before. He uh, kind of recalls. He's like, "You're making me take you to mother's milk." Yes. Yeah. That's a terrible idea. Why would you want me to take you there? It's a horrible, wretched place. I mean, it's a really long story for me personally, but um, <laughs> it's kind of worth it. Um, well, what's so bad about it? Well, what's your plan once you get to Mother's Milk? Uh, we don't even know what it is, so we were going to kind of figure that out when the time came. He's like, hmm. You have to get it for cakes or something. Oh, for cakes, you say? Aspen put you up to this. She doesn't want to pay, so she's paying you to do her dirty work. I mean, yeah, did you see her? Do you think she's going to be out here? Uh, well, Aspen never leaves the coven, so I suppose not. So he kind of thinks it over a little bit in his head, and he says, How about we double cross? I'll take you to Mother's Milk. But then we keep mother's milk and still charge Aspen an arm and a leg. Literally. I mean, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing this for information. So that's going to be a no from me, dog. Unless you can tell me the person who can take this thing off me, then maybe. But I'm just going to say no. Hmm. Well, you're not going to double cross. Then I'm not taking you. And Meepo, like, sits down on the ground. (laughs) Listen here, you little shit. You're gonna take us, or we're gonna fry you. Uh, go ahead and roll me an intimidation check. You little shit. Nine. Okay, he's a little worried, because he's handcuffed. But he looks at you and he says, make me. Ball just, like, <laughs> buffs out her chest, like, swells up a little bit, like one of those lizards. And it's like, we could make you. He's sitting on the ground, right? Because he went, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna take my foot and push him back. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So you push him down, and what do you want to... Go ahead and um, let's actually do some damage. At this time, Tilt just goes and lays down next to him. (laughs) (laughs) She's not aware of the charm person magic in the first place, so she's just kind of rolling with the olive branches here, just (laughs) oblivious to what's going on. Oh, Tilt. Poor Tilt. She's like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm having fun. Love my dumb little idiot. Yes. When he hits the ground, I would like to maybe add to the effect of uh, the the fear or whatever by uh, creating a tremor just underneath him for him to feel with oh, the okay. So It doesn't um, do anything. It's just an just effect. Just a nice little trem- tremble. Okay, so Mina slash Cake, go ahead and... Um, Give me an attack roll. Just an attack roll without any modifiers, because we're going to use it as an improvised weapon. Your foot as an improvised weapon. I got 17. Oh, perfect. Um, And then go ahead and roll for damage, which is 1d4. And I got 4. Okay, so you uh, take your foot and you jam it into, like, the square of Meepo's chest. And as he's, like, hitting the ground, it's a big, like... Oof. And then the like ground trembles to make it seem like extra kind of spooky. I'm gonna bend down close over him next to his face. The way I see it is you can either lead us to this or you drew us a map. So if you want to live, you can cooperate. If you don't want to live, I have no problem crushing you underneath my boot. Oh, poor Meepo. <laughs> uh, he's like, uh, fine. Meepo will take you to the lair, but that's it. Thanks, Meepo. You're a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) See, was that so hard? Okay, I get off of him and pull him up. Okay, so he's ready to uh, to trudge along to the uh, to the lair, and you guys walk uh, quite a bit further ways because, like I said, this it's like a two hour kind of walk to this thing, and Meepo kind of mumbles and complains under his breath the whole time about how like 
the boobs tricked him and that like he would never have this problem in the kobold colony because there's no such thing as boobs in the kobold colony um, <laughs> sounds like a sad existence little me sounds like a reason to leave <laughs> hey man kobolds are built differently gender is not very specific so you guys are kind of walking and you come to like a like a hill and Meeple kind of like pauses and says, wait, the colony's on the other side of this hill. And he's like, my family is not real keen on visitors. We'll be good guests. We'll be the best guests. So how would you guys like to move forward from here? Would you like to sneak through the dungeon? Would you like to try to talk your way in? Do you want to try and fight your way in? I think we need to do a scam. I think one of us needs to pretend to be Meepo's uh, bride and coming home to meet the family. Ooh. All right. Are we going to need Meepo for that, though? Kind of. (laughs) I could cast Charm Person on him again and see if we can get his cooperation. Or just... You guys could just intimidate him into... uh into doing it mm-hmm. uh, but who's gonna be Meepo's bride it's got I don't mind boobies it's easy <laughs> yeah. I got some boobs <laughs> I was gonna say Tilp is probably the closest to Meepo's size mm-hmm. oh that's a good idea everyone just turns head as Tilp's just standing there like looking around <laughs> me now is this a thing that we want to do like are we trying to make Tilp look like a kobold or just you did say that you had a disguise kit that could be an option i mean it's been pretty obvious that meepo's a pretty like big boob enthusiast and tilt is kind of busty so maybe that is just all the family needs to know to know it's the real deal (laughs) yeah (laughs) well she's got large breasts and we all know how much meepo likes large breasts (laughs) Too good for the kobolds, eh? <laughs> Maybe the last girl he brought home just had massive knockers. All she was was boobs. <laughs> it, was just a boob. it was just a pair of boobs. Like, he just, like, cut them off of someone. Oh, God. I'm going to marry this anatomist. Like, it's, like, dangling from the... That's the fa- something a serial like killer did. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. Maybe he has one of those, like the the anime, the the titty pillow. Oh my god! <laughs> this is my girlfriend, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> I met her in a Spencer's. Oh my god! <laughs> we talked for six hours, and then she came home with me. We've been together ever since. <laughs> no, but I do like the idea of trying to cast Charm Person on him again, and then, like. Getting him in there with the tilt. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are gonna make an attempt to scam. Are we gonna charm Meepo? Do you guys wanna disguise Tilt? Do you wanna intimidate Meepo into forcing? I like the charm person again. Yeah, that makes yeah, much yeah. more I think we should charm Meepo with it. Okay. And I have to make a wisdom saving throw of 14? Yes. Ooh. Oh, damn. Uh, Meepo does have a negative two, though. But that's still a 17. Yep, Meepo So Meepo resist. resists and says, not again, sir! <laughs> um, as that happens, Tilt just kind of like crosses her arms like under her bust, like just really like accentuating <laughs> it. And she like does this like looking around at the rest of the party's like frustration because she still has no clue about the magic <laughs> going on here. But she is kind of aimed at Meepo. Why don't you give me a boob? persuasion check (laughs) is that plus two plus one for each plus one for each boob (laughs) or could this be performance yeah you could do you could do a performance check to do some boob hypnotizing i'll allow it yeah she's uh performing for the rest of the group to look like she understands what's going on but i guess for meepo it's a different kind of performance (laughs) as 23 Ooh. okay so okay we're gonna roll. We're gonna roll with this. Um, so Meepo sees your boobs kind of gyrating and like kind of like swinging in a circle, and like he can kind of see your nipples through like your kind of like light shirt. 
And he gets totally hypnotized by the nipple, the giant boob nipple gyrating. And kind of starts drooling a little bit. get down there and be like, do you like him? (laughs) Do you you want to touch him? A little bit of subliminal messaging going on. Do you want to motorboat them? Because for a small price for helping us out, you can touch the the boob. So, yeah, Meepo gets uh, totally hypnotized and he kind of starts drooling a little bit. And he doesn't respond to you. He just kind of like gets the hard eyes and like tracking the boobs with his head. Like as they as they gyrate, tilt completely clueless. So you guys can see the kobold entrance, and there's two um, white kobolds uh, standing at the entrance with their little spears and their little helmets. So is it gonna be um, sorry, like Meepo and Tilp, or are all of us going in? Maybe you guys are part of the wedding party. That's what I was going to say as part of her scam. We're part of the wedding party, the witnesses, and we have the cleric to marry them. And I am the joy bringers. So me <laughs> and Val are Tip's moms. <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah. So you guys got uh, two guards standing there. Are we trying to hide the fact that we have him handcuffed? Or is this a kink that we're trying to play off? Like, what are we doing with this? <laughs> Everybody knows that that's one of Meepo's kings. He's <laughs> in the titties and being bound, so it's fine. And, and they aren't traditional handcuffs. They're like fuzzy, yeah. kind of. They look like toys. So wedding handcuffs. Is, is Meepo just like the village, like kinkster? <gasps> yeah, let's go ahead and go with that. He's really Can into feet. Yeah, nothing faces anybody. They're just like, yeah, that's. He got kicked out of the colony because he was, like, too much. That's why he's not the one staying. Like, he's the the go-between because they're, like, no one wants to deal with this people in the bathrooms or something. Potentially very bad idea. Can we handcuff one end to Tilp and the other to Meepo as, like, this is the marriage bond? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right, I am... Going to undo one of the handcuffs on Meepo then and put one of them around Telp's wrist. Okay, it, uh, you don't even have to do anything um, to unlock the handcuffs. It doesn't even seem like it was locked. Um, so you undo it and you uh, go to put it on Tilp. But Tilp, are you going along with this uh, handcuff marriage plan? Yeah, yeah. T- Tilp is just so subservient and following. She's just like, oh, okay. Okay. All right. So then you um, handcuff Meepo and Tilp together. And Meepo's like super excited because now he's handcuffed to the boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I put it on Tilp and I walk behind her and pat her on the butt and say, Atta girl. (laughs) I've never had a lizard boyfriend or a boyfriend. (laughs) Or any boyfriend. He's not a lizard. Okay. He's a kobold. He's a Descendant of dragon, but not really. Before we approach, I'm going to uh, rifle through my bag and take out my actual priest uniform. Okay. To make this a little bit more convincing, and I'm going to put my uh, holy symbol on display, which is just a—it's uh, just like a clasp that I, I latch my cloak with. Okay. Um, but it's a very colorful. Uh, it's got like oranges and I believe purple and green, and it's just a very like lively. Um, uniform and it is skin tight because we are the joy bringers oh yes um but it's uh just a triangle with a star at each point okay um, and that is is what i uh don myself with okay is everybody ready for uh mina to bring us to the kobold layer? yes yes so you approach and the guards are like looking at meepo and looking at tilt and then looking at the rest of you kind of confused. It's just a glorious day. <laughs> yes, it's a beautiful day to see two beautiful souls join together. Our darling Meepo and our beautiful Tilp are getting ready to be married. Look, we're joined. <laughs> Ball is like shaking the hand, the claws of the kobolds being like, oh my God, I'm so excited to like be a part of your guys' family. Which is a hilarious thing because, like, kobolds are, like, three feet tall. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They <laughs> like, really have to shake the hand of the kobold. Grabbing the them kobold and, like, yeah, waggling them up and down. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just, like, uh, looking at you guys. And they, like, whisper between each other. 
the second kobold goes into the uh, goes into the to the lair and says, "Ah, uh, we're not um really sure what Meepo's gotten himself into this time." Embraces him like head into her boobs, and she goes, "He's gotten himself in love." <laughs> Where my heart is, not my boob. <laughs> and Meepo, Meepo just like rubs, rubs his face on your boob, and it's wet and scaly. Oh. <laughs> um, it's like a very cold stone just rubbing on your on your breast. Um, a wet river rock. Yep. It's a good old puma scrub. <laughs> um. So the the kobold has sent for um, the high priestess kobold, who comes back and looks highly suspect, and is like, uh, "Meepo, what what's going on here?" But Meepo doesn't doesn't respond. Are you one of the parents? Um, so peaches, pudding. And Mina, go ahead and enroll me persuasion sh- persuasion checks. Tilp, I don't think you need to because I feel like you're like genuinely like, yeah, I'm gonna marry this lizard. Ooh. <laughs> that is a uh, seventeen. Okay. Seven nine. Um. Okay. So this kobold priestess like looks at Mina and looks at Val, but then like looks at um ZZ who's like in her priestly robes and like you know looking very official and then like looks at Tilp who's just got these like giant boobs and Meepo's just like drooling <laughs> on one of them she's just like oh Meepo what have you gotten into this time and she she invites you guys in um and she was like oh our poor Meepo we send him out to the world and he does a good job bringing us treasures, but he's always bringing home something to marry. And she's kind of like giving you a little tour of the chambers. And she's kind of giving you guys a tour. You guys do notice like a very large, um, and you guys are like traveling further and further down into the ground. Mm-hmm. And you get into a like a big like fancy like banquet room that has like a bunch of tables and there's a bunch of kobolds kind of milling about like chatting and like you know having snacks and things of that sort. It's like basically it's like the great hall of Harry Potter but with kobolds. But in the back of the room, you guys notice this huge uh, white marble door that is shut. Um, but yeah, and she's like, we're not gonna have a party this time, because there's been too many parties. But, but it's true love this time. They're gonna last. <laughs> They're gonna last. I can feel it in my bosom. <laughs> <laughs> These crazy kids are gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be really interesting kids, especially considering Tilp's little secret. I gesture towards the great doors and I, uh, I say, ah, I suppose that is where we'll be holding, uh, the... Ceremony! Beyond those doors, it looks quite grand and official. She gives you, like, a little snarl, and she says, No, no! That is a, a secret door for high-ranking um, members of the kobold family only. We're, we'll host the ceremony tomorrow. You guys can stay the night tonight. I'll show you, I'll show you to our nicest rooms, and I'll bring... Um, Meepo and his bride to the honeymoon suite. Well, um, virginity is very important in our family, so, uh... (laughs) The more chaste, the better. Yeah, so, uh, we just want to make sure that Tilp doesn't uh, get into any trouble before the big day tomorrow, so, uh, I don't know about them staying together, or maybe the parents could stay with her just to make sure they don't get involved in it. Any trouble? I never cause trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just glare at her. (laughs) The kobold priestess is like, ugh, humans. Such strange customs. Parents sleeping with children. Elf. Right, but um, our giant lady is a human. So what you're asking me is, is that you all want to stay in the same room so that you can... Watch Meepo and his new bride. Yeah. A slumber party. (laughs) 
exactly. It's a slumber party. Our family also has a custom of having a slumber party. It's like a bachelorette and bachelor party just kind of rolled into one, you know? Mm-hmm. Ghost stories, pillow fights. I can do a magic show. Exactly. <laughs> the bride okay. has to do her customary magic show. Why don't whoever has the um, highest persuasion, go ahead and re- roll me a persuasion check. Who has the highest persuasion? I've got a plus four. Oh. Mina, why don't you Mina, go, go ahead, ahead and roll it? Oh, 24. Ooh. Wait, was that a nat 20? Okay. Yeah, it was a nat 20. Yay. So our kobold piece, priestess is like, whatever. People, people of the land do weird stuff. Meepo has obviously developed some kind of mental illness from traveling <laughs> out into the world oh. so often. So uh, she accepts whatever you guys are going to do. She's like, do whatever you want. I just don't want to hear about it. So um, she escorts you to the honeymoon suite, which is a super cute room. Obviously, it's underground, so there's no sunlight. But, you know, it's lit by torches. It's got one of those heart-shaped vibrating beds. (laughs) Um, It's got a purple jacuzzi in there it's very like 70s hotel by the hour chic is there a mirrored ceiling oh yeah oh the same vault immediately uses those magic fingers in the bed <laughs> like, oh, sweet <laughs> the the bed vibrates <laughs> um, <laughs> the boobs jiggle <laughs> okay and then um she locks you guys in And now you guys are left to your own devices in the honeymoon suite. (sighs) All right, guys. Uh, That big white door. That looks promising. That looks very promising. When do these assholes sleep? Meepo, does that door have what we think it has behind it? Uh, Meepo just continues to drool on the boobs. Tilpa starts putting away the magic props that she quickly pulled out as soon as she (laughs) entered the room when realizing that the rest of you are going back to the original plan. We were slumber party and magic showing. I will, I will sit down right in front of Tilp and wait for a magic show. (laughs) Tilp just gasps and perks up. (laughs) All right, we got enough time to watch one magic trick, guys. She just kind of like hustles Meepo to like her side, like very close. She performs like just a various like slew of just tiny quick card tricks uh, involving Meepo, uh, only getting like vague drooling <laughs> responses of like yes or no if it was his we card. All clap. Yes, like a very polite golf club. <laughs> she takes her bow. Now wasn't that adorable? <clears throat> All right, Meepo, do uh, kobolds like sleep? Do they, uh, does everybody go to bed? Does this place clear out? Are there like guards that make their rounds? Like what, what are we looking at on this place for security? Um, he just like continues to drool and like kind of like brings up a clammy clawed hand and like gives a little honk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this guy's gonna be useless. <laughs> oh my God. Um, the boobs are too strong. Well, while we try to think of a plan, I'm going to pull out my ocarina okay. and play a little ditty on it. Oh, God. Here we go. Okay. I have no idea what this is going to do. I sit on the edge of the vibrating heart bed. <laughs> I, I pull some, like, jingle jangles out of my out of my pouch. Yeah. So I'm, like, jingling as well. <laughs> I was say, Val's, like, asking all of her questions as she's, like, spread eagle. So, so what do we got here? What do we have going on? <laughs> okay. So you're going to... Play your ocarina? Yes, I'm going to play my ocarina. Okay, and you're going to blow into it? I'm going to blow into it. Okay. So you blow into it, and something really strange happens. Okay. Instead of a beautiful, magical tune coming out of it, as soon as you blow into it, it goes, visual description of the ocarina again (laughs) yeah of course it is a light kind of pale pink ocarina and um it is in the shape of an ahagao face and the tongue is the part that you blow into the does the moaning happen at different pitches 
I don't know. Maybe play another tune. I will play another tune. Are you going to play a higher or lower tune? A lower tune. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So so you uh, blow into the ocarina at a lower pitch, and it goes, (laughs) And at a higher one? Anything else, or does it just make nope, a moaning noise? I'll just, well, just I'm, like, okay. I'm proficient in sexy noises, guys. That's not the usual song you play on that. <laughs> Can you play Requiem for a Dream, please? That's my favorite. Wonderwall. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah. Just trying to remember the tune. So it is a magical moaning ocarina. But all you know so far is just that when you try to play it, it moans instead of making music. But you're still unsure of what it does. Susie's like, well, I'm all Give it a try. <laughs> You've never felt the pleasure. It's just sad. <sighs> um, no, actually, if you want to uh, play into it when you blow into the ocarina, it just makes a regular ocarina noise. Oh. Okay. You can play us Requiem for a Dream now. <laughs> Just. What if I lock eyes with somebody and I play into the ocarina? Oh gosh. <laughs> I lock eyes with Val. Oh no. Okay. <clears throat> so you lock eyes with Val and you stare intently into her soul and play the ocarina. And as you start to play, it starts to make its moaning noises. And Val starts to feel like a little tingly sensation. But then her chastity belt starts to snarl and like growl and like kind of gnash its teeth. And then the feeling goes away. Can I stare at the belt? Does it have face? <laughs> it has a mouth. <laughs> you can, but uh, once you w- when you do it, nothing happens. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, that was really weird. That oh, was super cool. strange. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> oh my god. Did you just tickle my bean? <laughs> Maybe. Mm. Do I have any volunteers in this room? I want to see what this does. <laughs> I'll volunteer for anything. Okay. Just look right into my eyes. <laughs> and I give it another blow. Okay, so you stare into Tilp's eyes. <gasps> right? Mm-hmm. And um, you play your little moaning ocarina. And Tilp, like, has a sensation that Tilp doesn't know what it is. Oh, Tilp. Golly. And then, like, out of nowhere, like five wild tentacles like come out and start like and then they like disappear <laughs> yeah they're they're coming from the slits between her bodysuit and like the the pumpkin shorts that little like pelvic area she's got like whoa did anybody else see that <laughs> yes yes what, what was that <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Tilt. Tilt is now like doing the woo fingers, just like poking themselves and just like kind of shying down into a corner as much as you can while still like handcuffed to Meepo. Meepo is like fucking stoked now. He's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Where did that come from? And he's like looking around like behind you and like next to you, like someone's got a secret. Yeah, Tilp, you want to tell us anything? Oh, Tilp. Well, I mean, even though, like, stage magic is the raddest form of magic, I, I I, did experiment with real magic once, and it didn't quite go expected. What were you expecting to happen? <laughs> I'm not sure that's what any of us expected. <laughs> I realize now if I had an expectation when originally performing the spell, this may not have happened. (laughs) I just wanted to impress some of the the local children because not all of them thought stage magic is the coolest thing ever. Well, are they always with you or do they just come out when I'm playing rad tunes? (laughs) Um, They sort of just kind of have a mind of their own. Can they pick locks? (laughs) 
I mean, I can pick locks. I know, but like, imagine if you had like a door with four locks on it (laughs) and you have to get in really fast. Could we potentially use this? You see Tilt like riding through what for her seems to be complex math and like thought in her head. She goes, this is an aspect of tentacles I haven't considered. Maybe we could rob a bank. (laughs) The scams we could pull off with those tentacles. (laughs) The people we could help with those tentacles. Remember, you know, take from the rich and give to the needy sort of thing. That's why we're robbing the bank. (laughs) (laughs) We are the needy. (laughs) All right. Well, we are kind of in an old Mrs. Jenkins situation, Tilp, dear. Can you try and pick the lock on the door? Oh, of course. And she attempts it. Okay, go ahead and roll me a sleight of hand check. 21. Oh, perfect. Um, so you, it's, it's a relatively easy lock. It's a basic, like, just key lock. So it comes unlocked fairly quickly. Like stealing a bull from a china shop. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so now you guys are hanging out in the honeymoon suite um, with Meepo uh, handcuffed to Tilp, an unlocked door, a newfound tentacles, and a moaning ocarina. Typical Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Mina's going to take a peek out the door. Okay, go ahead and give me a stealth check. Uh, 18. Okay, perfect. So you, like, poke your head out the door, and obviously no one sees you, and you notice, uh, just down the hallway, and then to the left is the grand hall area where you guys saw that marble, that big fancy marble white door. You don't see any kobolds or anyone, but you can hear them kind of muffling about and, like, hanging out in the great hall. So, cover's not too awful, but we need to figure out some sort of plan. Mm-hmm. Could I have a look around the room that we are occupying and see if there's anything like a ducting system or like a secret room or like a peephole or something, some way for somebody to be watching us? Okay, go ahead and give me an investigation check. Yeah, can we die hard our way through this? <laughs> 12. Um, you don't notice any like ducting, but there is like some vents and stuff to kind of aerate the room so the the air doesn't get too stagnant. You don't notice any kind of like peepholes or like pictures with actual, like with eyes behind mm-hmm. them or whatever. Um, you don't know anything about, you don't notice anything like that. It does seem like a rather private room, like you would expect a honeymoon suite to be. How big are the vents mm-hmm. or the, the They're ducks? just like your, your standard, um, like think of like those tiny bathroom windows mm-hmm. in most houses. Okay. So even Tilt probably couldn't get in them. Probably not. And they're just like, like and they're not high. even like they're not even like openable. It looks like they had like carved um, them like out of the wall. What if we create some sort of diversion, guys? I mean, I left my smoke bombs at home. <laughs> <laughs> Few of us are um, proficient in making things sound like they're happening from far away, so we could amplify maybe, this. Maybe. Yes, we can amplify it and uh, think of something to clear all those cobalts out. Does Tilp have any stage magic that we could use? I could impress them by pulling coins from behind their ears. Does Tilp have any other kind of stage magic that we can use? I have a fake rabbit. We'll keep that in mind. We'll come back to that. We'll circle around. <laughs> I keep in a hat. Thank you, Tilp. That's awesome. Uh-huh. I mean, I can help us be a little bit more stealthy, but that's only going to help us so much. How are we going to open the door when we get to it? I could beat it down <laughs> with my warhammer. <laughs> y- yes. There are two roads. One is lockpicking, one is smashing it down. I'm personally for smashing it down. I like to smash. (laughs) One gal's lockpick is another gal's hammer. (laughs) So, so far you guys have come up with that we're gonna do a diversion. What, what's your guys' plan with that? Can we make them think that somebody's stealing all their treasure? You could try. Kobolds are uh, pretty keen on um, their uh, treasure hoards, so they would probably run to see if... um, Could we make them think that there's a fire that they have to escape? Or some kind of creature that's trying to attack them? What are kobolds afraid of? Pretty much everything. (laughs) (laughs) A giant mole. Do you have any means of summoning said giant mole? No, but... 
we can use Tomaturgy to make some sort of noise to scare the shit out of them, because I have that and you have that. We just need them to clear the room. Yeah, what if one of you does a tremor, one of you does the sounds of a cave-in to try to make it seem like they need to evacuate? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So, ZZ, you got the tremors, I got the rocks going? Yeah, I'll do the, I'll do a, as big of a tremor as I can muster. Okay. I've got the lizard. Yes, you, you do, honey. You so, do. go ahead and read me the cantrip that you guys are using. So, for thaumaturgy. You manifest a minor wonder sign of supernatural power within range. You create one of the following magical effects. Your voice booms up to three times as loud as normal for one minute. You can cause flames to flicker, brighten, dim, or change color for a minute. You can cause harmless tremors in the ground for one minute. You create an instantaneous sound that originates from a point of your choice within range, such as but not limited to a rumble of thunder, the cry of a raven, or ominous whispers. You instantaneously cause an unlocked door or window to fly open or slam shut. You alter the appearance of your eyes for one minute. You cast this spell multiple times. You can have up to three of its one minute effects active at one time. Okay. Oh, so we can have three things going on just between, just like yeah. one of us. Yeah. Oh, oh, make the fire sparkle just for some ambiance. Like we can just, just make it sparkle. I could cause tremors and make the lights start to flicker and dim and also do a sound effect. We could both do that. Yeah, let's both do it so it's loud. Yeah, so essentially what we're doing is you guys are trying to mimic uh, a cave-in slash earthquake. Yep. Yes. Okay, so what I want you guys to do, we're going to have to fudge this a little bit because it's magic. So you guys, there's no check against it. Um, so what I want you guys to do is roll me a persuasion check at advantage. So roll two d20s and take the higher number. Persuasion, that's a 16. 18. 18. 18. 18. Okay, so uh, awesome. So you guys are feeling really confident about this and your buddies Val and Tilp are like, hyping you up too. They're being your hype boys. They're saying, I do believe in fairies. I do, I do. <laughs> Tilpa's so good at hyping. <laughs> She's our hype girl. So you guys start to cast and like the combination of the rumbling and the sounds, like the ground kind of starts to quake a little bit. And you guys see all the, the kobolds like start to feel the rumble a little bit. And then it kind of like gradually starts rumbling and then you can kind of hear like a little trickle of rocks and then kind of some more noise. Tilt runs and like turns the bed on to start mm. vibrating <laughs> to like try to make it a little more intense. Um, one of the kobolds like looks around and like starts like yelling in some kind of language you guys don't understand and all the kobolds start running out of the room and have left the Great Hall completely. So that was a successful yes. diversion, you guys. Yay. Yes. All right, let's Excellent. go. Excellent. Uh, so beat that door down. Do, does it sound like they're continuing to run off? Like yeah. They're, they're hightailing they, it out. They, they run until you guys, and then you can't hear their footsteps anymore. So okay. you have no idea what they're doing. That's fine. Well, let's go. Let's go. Yep. All right, so we are running to the white marble door. Okay, so you guys run up to this, like, massive white marble door, and you notice that there is a smaller door that's a little bit more manageable to open, but there is no handle and, like, no lock. There's just, like, a seam where you can see that the door opens. They'll smash? Uh, Tilt is going to investigate. Okay, Tilt, go ahead and roll me an investigation check. <laughs> that's a 16, not a 91. Hold on, but I had to add to it. Um, 16, not a 91. Yeah. <laughs> get that high. 17. Okay, so you're looking at this door and, and again, you notice that there's like the outline of the door. There's no handle, but you do notice like a slight indentation of what looks like a handprint. Uh, yeah, Tilt puts her free hand into that. Um, it's, it's cold, like marble. Let's use Meepo's hand. Yeah. Okay. Shove his hand. Good, good job, Tilt. Yeah, yeah. Let's try Meepo's hand. <laughs> Let's try Meepo because he's a kobold. Cool. Yeah. So you guys hold Meepo's hand up to it and uh, the door kind of slightly opens a little bit and then kind of like pushes into the door and then to the side and you can kind of see into the room, but the door is now open. Tilt looks at Val. How'd you know? <laughs> One day when you're as old as me, you'll know everything. 
Uh, says the girl who's been locked in a tower for the majority of her life. <laughs> I read a lot of books. <laughs> Mostly on weapons, but you know. I've heard of tower records, but in D&D it's tower books. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, so the door is open, y'all. Right, do we want to make right. any investigation before we go in, or do we just want to go in? Uh, maybe somebody a little bit more observant should give it a look. Tilt runs in. Okay. Never mind. With, with Meepo, because he's handcuffed to you. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. So, you run in to this room, and you see something horrible. There are a few kobolds. There are three kobolds who are a little fancier dressed. One on either side of this massive grotesque looking beast it looks like a giant kobold but you don't know what it is um, because you've never seen one before and it is chained around its neck and around all six of its nipples and it's just got these massive huge like drooping breasts that two kobolds are like kind of squeezing on the nipples and like squirting this like like kind of translucent white stuff into buckets. Uh, Tilt just kind of faces back to the door and goes, it's not a cow <laughs> or a mom. It's definitely not a cow. Have we been noticed? Uh, not quite. Well, now that Tilt has said, it's not a cow. Oh, yes. <laughs> the kobolds like turn oh and gosh. look like, what's going on? All right. Uh, I will enter the room as well. Okay, so uh, ZZ enters the room. You have seen a creature like this before, but nothing like this. Um, this is an adult white dragon, but it's got these huge, saggy, like, disgusting boobs. And it's, like, it's passed out, like, it's obviously sedated, and it's chained up in the most horrible way. Like, it doesn't look like it can use its legs because it's kind of, like, lying on its side. And the kobolds see you, and both of them that are milking this, um, this dragon, essentially, point at you and uh, draw their weapons. So let's go ahead and have everybody roll for initiative. Okay. Eight. Twelve. Twelve. Sixteen. Actually, thirteen for me. Sorry. Okay, also, I'm can sorry. I just say that Val immediately has, like, so much sympathy for this dragon as, like, another chained being... Let me get my fighting dice. So, uh, because you guys obviously don't have the element surprise, and all so far all we have in the room is Tilp handcuffed to uh, Meepo and Val. Oh, I think it was Puddin. Oh, I'm sorry. Puddin. Puddin is in the room. We are officially entering combat. Our first milker kobold runs up to you and kind of slashes you with his claws and does four points of damage. On my wedding night? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Till. On this the eve of my wedding. (laughs) So after kobolds, next uh, Zara gets to go. Okay. I will cast Toll the Dead as my action. Okay, so I got a six. So how much? Um, so that is just a three. Beside one of the other kobolds not in action, I would like to cast, uh, with my bonus action, spiritual weapon. Uh, that is a 18. Okay, I don't know so that if hits. I add anything to that. And that was 1d8 plus. So that's 10 damage. Okay. And I would like to move out of the doorway, go inside the chamber okay. a little bit further. I want to run into the room. Okay. I would like to recklessly attack the one who is looking hurt. Okay. So go ahead and roll 2d20 and take the higher number. 19. That definitely hits. What was the total? Nine. Ooh, okay. That kobold dies. So Tilp, like, grabs Meepo and, like, readies him kind of as, like, a meat shield. Tilp is going to run at a, a kobold and she's got her, like, little bunny-eared daggers, and attempts an attack. Okay, that's 23. Okay, that hits. 1d4 plus dex is 5 damage. 
so these two kobolds are looking pretty worse for wear, right? Um, well, one of them kind of has a little bit of a slash on his chest, but the other one looks perfectly fine, and then there is a dead one. Okay, I'm going to look at the one that is the least hurt, and I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast at him, right? That is 17 to hit. God damn, that hits. <laughs> okay, and I'm going to roll 1d10 plus 2 for 8 points of damage. Ooh. Yay! Just eviscerate him. All right, so now it's kobold attacking time. So Val and Mina have kind of like become visible in this room, but Val is probably the most daunting looking enemy. So the other milking kobold who hasn't died is going to make an attempt to attack Val, which is going to be hilarious, but um, we'll see how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, 14 against your armor class? 15. Bounces off of her pecs. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just, just, just hits the chastity belt. <laughs> um, uh, so um, he misses. So our other kobold is going to run forward and uh, try and make an attack on Val. And he's got advantage because uh, he's hanging out with his kobold allies. And uh, does he run past any of us with opportunity attacks? No. Okay. Um, a 12. That doesn't hit. Um, so he also tries to slash at you, Val. But it's, uh, silly, because they're tiny lizards. And that's the end of their turn, and now it is Zara's turn again. I am going to move my spiritual weapon to either of the ones surrounding Val. Uh, okay. They're both fairly the same amount of worse for wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will start with Toll the Dead on one of those kobolds. <laughs> I have to do a wisdom saving throw, which is six. So obviously I didn't make Definitely. it. Definitely. And since he's taken uh, damage already, I can now use a d12 um, yeah, for my damage. Get okay. Yeah, that was just a three. Bonus action. Then I will move my spiritual weapon to the other kobold. Okay. And this one I roll to hit is 16. Okay, so that hits. Uh, so that's just five. Alright. Alright. I'm gonna go for the one who looks the least damaged. Okay. And I'm just going to attack. 19. That definitely hits. A 10. So he is looking pretty rough, but he's still alive. So the one close enough to Val, I would like to like run around so I can try to like flank them to get advantage on the roll. Okay. I'm going to do a dagger attack, but then also a sneak attack. So that's a 20, uh, a natural. Yeah, that hits. That's seven damage. Um, So that kobold dies. <laughs> oh, so no sneak attack. So no sneak attack. <laughs> Tilt just looks disappointed that they died so easily. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, they also just got totally hammered by, you know, an Amazonian woman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so after Tilt, we've got Mina, and Mina, we've got one kobold standing. All right. I'm going to look at that one kobold, and I'm going to point at him, and I am going to cast Poison Spray at him, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to extend my hand and do that little Rihanna wrist twist thing. And out of my hand is going to be a puff of smoke, and I'm going to go and blow it at him. The creature has to succeed on a con saving throw or take 1d12 poison damage. You're saving against a con save of 12. Um, okay, so it was an 8. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For 7 points of poison damage. Poof. So he's still standing, but he's looking a little green at this point. He is a kobold. <laughs> Which means that it is my kobold buddy's turn. And he's going to go ahead and make an attempt to attack you, Mina, because you're standing right in front of him. We'll see how this goes. Oh, shit. So what's your armor class? 12. Awesome. So a 17 hits. Uh, And he's going to attack you with his little clowns for seven points of damage. All right. Well, I am going to move close to the door. Just because I am going to once again cast Toll the Dead. Okay. Um, and that's you, Wisdom Saving. Oh, damn. Nat 20, baby. He Ooh, saves for sure. He saves. Okay. And then he saves. So I'm going to move my spiritual weapon and try to smash him with a hammer. Okay. Ooh. I'm pretty sure that hits for 20. 
Okay. Yeah, that a twenty definitely hit. That is going to be seven points of damage. So my spiritual weapon is in the shape of like a lasso. Ooh. So it curls no. around his no. neck no. and just tears him to pieces. Ooh. Just right in half. That's gruesome. That's pretty brutal. But I like it. So congratulations, guys. You successfully finished your very first fight after we've been playing D&D for a couple of hours. Yay! <laughs> so now you have three dead kobolds in the room. And you have a sleeping giant titty dragon. Tilt just holds up... Uh, Meepo and goes, do we need this one still? <gasps> oh my gosh. We might not. I don't know. I forgot they were like handcuffed through that entire battle. <laughs> so what did what did Meepo do through all this? Uh, Meepo what, still, 12, 18 Meepo seconds is still of battle? Titty, titty hypnotized. He is. Let's hang on to him for just a moment longer. He might still come in handy. And I Maybe. don't want to just kill him, so I'd feel really bad if we like unchained him and then just stabbed him. <laughs> that would be kind of rude. But it's up to you guys. Whatever you guys want to do. If you want to viciously kill Meepo, you go right ahead. We can keep him a little bit longer. Yeah. Let's undo the handcuff and we can just handcuff him to himself again. That's probably probably a good idea, but... Alright, I'm gonna go behind Meepo and help. I'm gonna take the handcuff off of Tilt's wrist and put it back on Meepo. Okay. So he's handcuffed and still titty hypnotized. Well, I kind of want to go up to the dragon and like check that out and yeah. see what I can notice about the dragon. Okay, so um, Val, go ahead and give me an investigation check. 21. Oh, great. Um, so you uh, notice this dragon, like I said, it, it's, it's laying on its side. It's fairly large. Its legs have all kinds of like sores on them. Its breasts are like really bulging and like veiny, like they're so super, super full. <laughs> and it's sleeping. It's got a big chain around its neck that's um, chained off to two sections. And it doesn't really seem to notice you guys at all. It's pretty passed out as though maybe it's like been drugged in some way. They're bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, our friend wanted some of the milk, right? I'm going to empty out my water skin and I'm going to attempt to milk the dragon with my mage hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead and give me a performance check. Seven. Okay, so you give it a little squeeze and you get a little bit of milk, but not a not very much. Telp, you lived on a farm. You can do this, right? There's also buckets on the floor filled with the milk already. Yeah, there's a few buckets that have some milk in it. Okay. Yeah, Tilp, though, is like, oh, yeah, I've did this every day. And just still, like, kind of goes up to, the, like, the, the tea to milk it. But then probably realizes the, like, girth of its size compared to her tiny little frame. <laughs> um, and looks unsure about how to go in this process compared to a normal cow udder. So what's happening with the titty is that there's a clamp around the hole of the nipple. So you basically just have to like massage it in the right way and the milk will start flowing. Oh yeah, Tilt does that. Can um Tilt does or, yeah, yeah. that. I'm going to massage that. the nipple. Okay, so Tilp, uh, because, you know, you grew up on a farm, you're pretty familiar with in the right ways to massage nipples. Who has the most intelligence in our group? Is it Tilp? Uh, she does have an int score of one modifier. Say, so I'm at 13, so I have, like, one modifier as well. I'm a 15. It's definitely you. <laughs> I think it might be you, Mina. Big brain. Go ahead and roll me a perception to check. Uh, nine. Okay, so as you all are trying to milk this sleeping dragon, you kind of remember that there was a specific thing that Aspen told you to do, and what you guys are doing is not it. Okay. Can through this whole thing, Vol, just be like walking around the dragon, like checking out the chains, and just being like, ugh, this beautiful, magnificent creature! Like, kept, kept shackled. Can she like... I don't know, try to unlock it. Uh, yeah, sure. Do you want to just, like, brute force try to pull the chains? Sure. Sure, go ahead and, um, give me a strength check. 
Uh, ten. A ten. Okay, you pull on it, and nothing happens. <laughs> okay, um, did... I'm a little confused. Did, did uh, Aspen want just some milk, or did she want the source of the milk? I guess she wanted the source, but I can't see how we're gonna pull a fucking dragon out of here. Me yeah. either. Well, that's probably what this huge door is for. Could we, like, uh, pick the lock, wake the dragon up, make friends with it, and then ride it out? Is that the white <laughs> dragon? Tilt grabs part of the dragon and just, like, is trying to pull it, like, dragging it. <laughs> I don't know that trying to make friends with this dragon is going to be the smartest idea. But if we help it escape, then it'll definitely want to be our friend. Eh? I mean, I'm game. I like making friends. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We all get eaten. Even if it's all your fault. We don't make be- best buds with Aspen. Maybe the dragon can help us out. We at least know a wish isn't going to get you out of that. No. Maybe a dragon can. Ooh. The dragon will chomp on my chastity of ice and will finally let me free. <laughs> I will be unharmed. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what, what's your guys' plan? I guess Tilp is going to start picking in the locks. Okay, so go ahead and give me um, a sleight of hand check. Oh, this is such a bad idea. <laughs> it's, really a bad idea. <laughs> it's, it's awful. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, 15. Okay, yeah, you start uh, making your way around the locks slowly. You get one of them undone and you're headed towards, um, there are four total, so you're headed towards, uh, towards another one. What about the rest of you? What what are your guys' plans? While well, Tilp is unlocking the sleeping dragon. I am gonna cast my Unseen Servant. And it's a spell where I create an invisible, mindless, shapeless little critter that can do simple tasks. My little friend that I make is Burl. And he looks like a little burlap sack with little stick arms. Aww. And stuff with leaves mm. and cotton and shit. And I'm going to talk to Burl. Burl, I want you to go ahead and walk up. Um, to the edge of the room and keep watch. He'll get poofed if something hits him, and I'll know that there's something there. Okay. So off Burl shuffle. Is there anything else in the room that we're seeing that um, could? There's some. There's some stools that you can sit on while milking. There's a troughed um, area that seems to have some milk in it. Maybe where they like kind of store it when they're doing their milking sessions. But that's really about it. I'm just wondering how Aspen was expecting us to get the source of the milk. Because, like, she doesn't really seem very well equipped to manage a dragon where she's at. So, I don't know. Do we have to take the entire dragon or can we take that with us and then let the dragon go free? We can just take its boobs. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, can we teleport the boobs with us? I'm going to cut the boobs off. (laughs) That sounds like an even better idea. (laughs) I'm just your brain cells. here. <laughs> um, go ahead and roll a perception check for me, Val. Please. 11. You can pretty much decide that, that the dragon is the source of the milk. And probably cutting off one of its boobs would be a bad idea. But your mind is like, you know, it's got six. So it probably <laughs> could live without one. It won't miss it. Okay, so I've got a little bit of a, um... Do you have a brain concern? cell to include in this? And while not all much this, of a brain cell. While, it's not a huge brain cell. While this is all going on, um, Tilp has unlocked the second lock is, and is now working on the third. So my concern is that if she is the source of all mother's milk, or at least the mother's milk uh, to make the dream cakes or whatever the hell it is, um, and we free said dragon wouldn't um drug dealers on the whole come after us maybe but we've got a dragon (laughs) i don't know if we could house a dragon either (laughs) (laughs) i think that we're even less equipped (laughs) to handle a dragon okay maybe we just gotta get it to aspen and then it's not our problem anymore okay but how are we gonna get it there i don't think there's a cart big enough that's what i was asking you in the first place! Okay, well, I don't this, know. While this conversation is going on, Tilp has unlocked the third and is now undoing the fourth. Alright guys, we gotta think quick. She's pretty sedated. How are we even gonna move her? 
Well, either we hold off or we don't. I, I don't really care at this point. I'm going to go look at the dead priests and see what I can suss out. Go ahead and roll. give me an investigation check. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's an eight. Yep, that's an eight. Okay, um, pretty much all you really find that's worth value is like a water skin filled with the mother's milk. Okay, I'll keep it. Uh, how did they even get the dragon in? Maybe that's a way that we can get it out. Maybe it was part of a wedding. Oh wait, Tilt's <laughs> busy. Oh no, Meepo saw the biggest titties ever and brought this dragon mm-hmm. home. <laughs> what if they had to have wheeled it in while it was sedated? There's got to be some way that we can wheel it out. Okay, while we are uh, having this conversation, Tilp finishes unlocking the final lock, and as soon as the lock clicks open and clinks to the ground... I'm done! (laughs) Our dragon opens its eyes. Oh, fun. (laughs) And, like, begins to rise super shakily, looks around, does not even notice you guys, and just, like crashes through this marble door. It's out. Let's just follow <laughs> it. We got um, it out, guys. Yeah. So go ahead and everybody give me a dexterity check. Oh, boy. I'm super good at these. <laughs> oh! A four. Uh, that is 100%. A four? A four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also got a four. <laughs> I am being crushed by something. I also got a four. Sure. Oh, gosh! Oh, my gosh! <laughs> what? And here's where we all die. Uh, Tilt got a 14. Oh, okay. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, Cake slash Mina, as the dragon is uh, running past you, it kind of bumps into you and knocks you back and you take two points of damage. Zara, you were standing closest to the dragon when it started running. It also knocks you back and you take six points of damage. And then um, Val, you and Mina were kind of standing in the same area, um, so you also take two points of damage. Um, And it knocks you guys back and there's now um, we're in a timed situation because our big tittied white dragon has crashed through this giant marble door that was very obviously a major support structure to this underground cave. (laughs) So now the roof is caving in. Are you doing the earthquake spells again? (laughs) (laughs) Most of you have been knocked back by the dragon who is barreling through this giant marble door and takes it out super easily. And now it's a race against time. The structure is completely caving in. There's rock and crumble falling all around you. The roof is literally coming down and you guys have to make a snap decision on how you plan to get out of this. It's not a cow (laughs) or a mom. It's definitely not a cow.